Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Welcome, listeners. We're so glad that you're joining us today, which is January 24th, 2018. Our guest today is going to be talking to us about postnatal conditioning through exercise. Her name is Helene Byrne, and she's a pre- and postnatal health and fitness expert. She's also the founder of Be Fit Mom. She's published an award-winning DVD called Bounce Back Fast, Postnatal Core Conditioning. And she's also the author of an acclaimed book called Exercise After Pregnancy, How to Look and Feel Your Best. And it is on its second edition. Her latest publication is The Perfect Pregnancy Pounds. Her mission is to support women staying fit and healthy during and after their pregnancies and to inspire and motivate women to lead their entire families to better health and wellness. Welcome, Helene. Oh, thank you so much, Denise. Well, let's get right into the subject. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm so glad, by the way, that you've returned to our show. We're very honored that you're oh, with us again. You. Thank you so much. You know, it, it, you know, a lot of people don't realize that postpartum reconditioning is actually its own little field. Um, and they think, oh, I just have a baby and I'll just do a whole bunch of crunches after my baby is born and I'll be fine. Um, and in reality, it's a lot more complicated that, than that. And the pregnancy body is actually like no other body, the post-pregnancy body, excuse me, is like no other body that you ever have in your life. An abdominal wall that is both too long and very weak and doesn't function well, plus you have what's called ligament laxity. You know, ligaments are the connective tissue that holds our joints in proper alignment, and that ligament laxity can last up to six months postpartum. On top of the, those two changes, pregnancy alters alignment, and it tips the pelvis. It's what's called an anterior tip of the pelvis in fitness lingo, and that causes certain specific muscle groups to work too hard. They tend to tighten and shorten, while opposing muscle groups tend to weaken and atrophy. So there you are. You're a new mom, and you've got all of these conditions, and then you're constantly lifting and carrying your baby and carrying heavy car seats and constantly doing a lot of stuff with your body. 
Um, so it's no surprise that a lot of women get a lot of back pain after uh, pregnancy um, and uh, some other conditions that we'll get into a little bit more deeply, like diastasis recti, which is also known as abdominal separation. So it's really quite a unique set of circumstances in the body. That, that's a lot. I mean, I had a child. It is a lot. I, I'm not aware of, of all those things happening. Right. Well, some of them are subtle. Um, some of them are not so subtle, um, especially if you have a complication um, in delivery or maybe during pregnancy you suffered from something like pelvic instability or some condition like that. Um, it can be not so subtle. But what happens after birth is that you really need to address uh, these core issues. Um, so now we just talked about all the kind of physiological things. And another big problem, probably the biggest that most new moms think about when they look at themselves in the mirror is that a lot of us end up carrying some unwanted mm-hmm. baby fat after pregnancy. That's right. <laughs> and like, how do I lose that when I don't mm-hmm. even have time to take a shower? So, so it is a pretty complicated situation. Um, but, you know, it's, it's definitely doable. And what I want to bring up now to all my women that are listening that are maybe not postpartum yet, they're pregnant, or they're thinking about becoming pregnant, um, many of these things can be avoided completely or lessened by what you do during pregnancy. Um, That's interesting. And that really, yeah, that really falls into two camps. And, you know, what you put into your body and what you do with your body. Um, Right now in our society, we are in a very unique and and actually kind of dangerous situation we now have 68% of American women starting pregnancy uh, with a BMI, that's um, your, your percentage of body mass index, which basically tells you are you at a healthy weight, are you underweight, are you overweight, or are you obese. Since we now have so many women entering in the overweight or larger category, we now have a very large subset of women who are at high risk for developing gestational diabetes, preeclampsia, large for gestational age babies, um, at a higher risk for a cesarean section, and actually the list goes on and on. So... Right off the That's bat, pretty high. No matter, That's a really high statistic. It is high. It, it's a, I mean, if it's you think of it, it's almost 70% of all pregnancies of American women? Yeah. Mm. And of that, of that group that already start out in the overweight category, about 80% of these women will go on to unintentionally overgain 
during pregnancy. Now, there's a small subset of women that undergain, and that can be very dangerous too, to both mom and baby. But since we're talking about this big tsunami, you know, of a health threat in terms of gestational diabetes, um, that's the one I'll focus on first. So if you find yourself, you're in that category, and you're thinking about becoming pregnant or you are pregnant, there are things that you can do that are easy and cheap, if not free, that you can do to improve your health and improve the health of your baby. Oh, good. And I love very, solutions. <laughs> the solution. And the first solution is to eat the right amount that matches your physical metabolism. So I like to describe this as the Goldilocks way of thinking about weight management. You don't want to eat too much. You don't want to eat too little. You want to eat just right. And that's why I published my app, the Perfect Pregnancy and Postpartum Pounds app, because that is a very hard um, algebraic equation to actually figure out <laughs> because it's a moving target. You have to calculate your pre-pregnancy BMI gain, your week of gestation. It's like, oh, who can do that? Um, and that's why I published that app because if you follow that simple rule and eat a high-quality diet, you will not overgain. And it's the overgaining during pregnancy especially during the first trimester, that really sets women up for developing gestational diabetes. Um, and right now, doctors give the best advice they can, and it's usually something like, try not to gain too much. Um, okay, sounds good, but what does that mean, right? Um, and for a lot of Women that are overweight, they've been battling the bulge probably their whole life, never that successfully or as successful as they would like to. So they really don't have the skill set to be successful. And then we wait until 22 weeks to get your sugar test, and everybody just crosses their fingers and really hopes that they pass. <laughs> and oh my gosh. Oh, my God, I have gestational diabetes. Oh, my God. Ah. So step one is eating to match your metabolism, a high-quality diet, and that's where my app is going to give you that simple solution. And even if you're not overweight and, or and if you're underweight. Our, and tell our listeners, you, what does the app actually do? In other words, what information oh, is, is it, somebody going to get from it? It takes all other stats, your age, your height, your weight, your week of gestation, and it, how much you've gained at whatever, your pre-pregnancy weight, your current weight, and it puts all, this all through an algorithm, and it determines the ideal amount of calories that you should eat. And then you can click on it and you can save it and it will, it's got a dynamic chart that you can then watch and 
you know, talk about, see how things are going. If you're worried, you can show it to your doctor. Um, but it really gives women the tool to effectively manage their own weight gain during pregnancy. So, so and, as a as a as as a, a pregnant woman, you use your mm-hmm. app. You find out the right amount of calories per day. How do you know mm-hmm. how to break the food groups down? Ah, great question. There's a lot of stuff out there that's partly true and sometimes mostly false about what are called macros, the macronutrients which are protein, fat, and carbohydrate. What I really like for pregnancy, and uh, it's well supported by the fitness industry as well, is to shoot for a macro ratio of about 33, 33, 33% across the board. So about 33% of your calories can come from protein. Um, We want those to be high-quality proteins, um, steer clear of, of the red meat or eat not as much of it if you're a big red meat eater. Um, and that protein gives you plenty of protein not only for your own self but for baby making um, because when you're building a baby, you need protein, and that gives you more than enough. Carbohydrates... Um, a lot of women don't realize that a lot of what we fuel the placenta with and just kind of general energy for baby and placenta is actually glycogen, which is stored carbohydrates. So when picking carbs, you want to choose whole grains. Steer clear of refined grains like white rice, pasta, um, All sugars, we don't need added sugars during pregnancy. Um, And, of course, whole grains provide the nice broad range of B vitamins that we also need. And then 33% fat. And the reason why we need that fat in our diet is for satiation. Fat helps us feel full after eating and stay full. It slows digestion which helps keep our blood sugar on a more even keel. For fats, women want to choose fats that come from vegetable sources um, as opposed to animal sources. Some animal sources are okay, but here again, low on the red meat, low on full-fat dairy because it's just way too much saturated fats, and those are not the good ones. So I know so what are the good most, what are the good vegetable sources for the fat? Oh, seeds and nuts, avocado, olive oil, um, canola oil, coconut oil. The vegetable sources um, of of fats are the good ones. Uh, and you want to eat a broad range. You also want to eat fish. Aim for once a week because fish provides those really important omega-3s, which are very important uh, for a baby's uh, brain development. So mm-hmm. that's how you want to control that. So basically, I want women to shop in the outside aisles of the grocery store, because that's where all the good, healthy, natural foods 
are found. And yes, you can eat some processed foods that are found in the center aisles, but not so much. And yeah, another no, that's great really health ratio. Good advice. Mm-hmm. Very good advice. Yeah. Another great health ratio is to think about 80%. Make 80% of your calories super high quality because that leaves room for a little snack or a little fun food. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not like you can never eat, you know, a cookie while you're pregnant. Of course you can, but it needs to be moderated. And if you eat 80% of your calories super high quality, then guess what? Then you can fit in an occasional snack and still have a really great diet. The other thing about diet, you know, we've been talking about, you know, women who start in the overweight or obese categories. But this concept of eating towards Goldilocks, you know, just right, not too much, not too little, just right, this works for every size and every age and every fitness level. And when you, and it doesn't involve hunger, it doesn't involve deprivation. And then when you have your baby, guess what? You don't have 30 pounds of extra fat to lose. <laughs> that yeah, whole that's... area of getting back into shape after baby mm-hmm. is moot. You don't have mm-hmm. to diet because you've matched your metabolism. So, right. I, I believe so that when I believe that once you've had your baby, your intake of calories in order to breastfeed is a lot, like twenty five hundred or something a day. Oh no 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 no! Thank you no? for asking that because, because okay, this good. is something that a lot of folks, and you'll read this on the web, that breastfeeding adds. 500 calories a day onto your metabolism. Um, and it only does that when your baby is about six months old and your baby is at like maximum milk intake and before eating solids. Um, and actually my, my app accounts for that too on the postpartum side. Um, you put in your week and it will automatically tell you what your metabolism is, and then if you choose, you can choose to either lose weight or stay at the same weight, whatever you want. It will then do the math for you. And so when an infant is born, they don't eat nearly as much milk mm. as, as a big gas-guzzling six-month-old baby. And then what happens on the other end is that once baby starts to eat solids, Mm-hmm. starts taking in less milk from mom, then mom's metabolism will slowly start to go down. Um, well, and then uh, it will, yeah. I, there's, there's one thing. A lot of women are having much larger babies now than ever before. And that is true. they require a lot more in terms of nourishment. Absolutely. Actually, um, <laughs> there's a no? little bit of misinformation on there about okay. that, too. Good. I'm glad we're, because, we're sorting this out. Yeah. 
babies that are born what are called large for gestational age do not have proportionately more bone or muscle. They have more fat. Um, and you actually, it's, it's actually good if you are someone who develops gestational diabetes and, and has a baby that is born with proportionately more fat on their bodies than is desirable, it's actually good for them uh, if you feed your baby correctly and not overfeed. Um, those babies over the course of the year will actually slim down and get into normal range. Um, and that's very important to do because babies that are born over fat are actually at much, much, much higher risk for then becoming, you know, developing childhood obesity um, and all of the health threats, health threats there. Got, so, gotcha. you know, what we're getting back to mm-hmm. is eating a high-quality diet in the amount that's perfect for you, that's best for mom, it's best for baby. So this whole myth of eating for two, uh-uh. That, those days are over. Ah. Yeah. I, though I can, I, I kind of am envisioning my, my grandmother who went through the Irish famine, and you know what? Maybe that woman, <laughs> maybe she really needs to be eat for two, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's really interesting. <laughs> but it, it's fascinating how science has changed. Yes. Because, you know, the information that, that I was asking you about is right. from, you know, a long, quite a while ago when I had my son. And um, right. I took in a lot of calories, but I still couldn't keep up with his hunger. So I literally had to start him on cereal at four months. He was mm-hmm. a, a big guy. He was eight yep. pounds, 16, mm-hmm. I think, ounces. Um, so he was in right. six months clothes, and he wasn't fat. Right. It was just he right. was so hungry all the time. <laughs> He's a big guy. He's a big guy. And, yes, yes. And, and that is true. And there are women that aren't able to produce enough breast milk, and absolutely we should not feel any sense of shame or disappointment that you're exactly. feeding your child formula, no. you have to feed yeah. your child, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's rare for a woman not to produce enough milk, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, so many moms need to return to work economically. We I just, know. A lot of us just have to return to work, and that means, you know what, you're either pumping all the time mm-hmm. or you're doing a combination mm-hmm. of pumping and formula or – you're just, you know what, you need to use formula because you need to have a level of sanity in your working yeah. mom's life, right? Very so true. So it's all good. It's all good across the board. It's so sad with this shaming of, you know, moms who are unable to breastfeed for whatever reason. Mm. You know, we all have to do what's right for our own families and we should all be respectful and support that 
Very much it's so. about supporting health. That's what it's about. It really is. It really is. So, um, the other thing that you can do during pregnancy is be active. And here's a shocking statistic. We can see health benefits to both mom and baby when mom walks for just 20 minutes four or five times a week. That's like, you know, not that much exercise. No, that really isn't. And yet, that is enough to raise mom's metabolism enough she gets her heart rate up, and as she does that, baby actually, her heart rate actually raises up too. So oh, when you exercise, huh. so does baby. I'll be darned. And Yeah, and so that little bit of exercise means that baby's developing at a drawing more energy and glycogen and nutrients from you, and... You know, it's kind of like feeding your plant plant food. It grows bigger and better when you feed it more. So well, that's exercise. that's really interesting because I um, yeah. when I was pregnant with my son, I would ride the life cycle for forty five minutes, and mm-hmm. I would do that probably five days out of seven. Right, but Actually, I was into weight. I was into yes. yes, yeah, and I was into I was weight say, Stationary too. bike is one of my favorite forms of exercises for prenatal women, pregnant women, it's non-weight-bearing, it's safe on the joints, it's That's easy right. to do, mm-hmm. and it's just ideal. You can do it all the way up through delivery. So one of the best right yeah. there. Um, yep. And there's some really interesting good. studies out that show that getting um, – this 150 minutes of cardiovascular exercise a week goes a long way to lowering your risk of developing gestational diabetes. Mm -hmm. So right Mm -hmm. there, we have two solutions that women can start right away. They can eat according to their metabolism, and two, they can meet this minimum requirement, and then they've known they've done everything they can to improve their health and baby's health. Because when we talk about prenatal health, maternal health, we need to recognize that maternal health and fetal health are the same thing. They're not separate. So if you want to have a stronger, smarter, healthier baby, then you need to exercise. And, yeah. and yes, so. I said smarter. Because if you go beyond that minimum level of exercise, and let's say you were doing like what you did, 45 mm-hmm. minutes of stationary mm-hmm. bike five days a week, mm-hmm. that amount has been shown in animal studies um, to increase the development of the cerebral cortex So that's our thinking brain. So babies who are born to truly fit moms, we can now say are smarter, stronger, and healthier 
than babies born to women who never exercise. So oh, that's why he gave me such a tough time. <laughs> yeah, right. That's probably was, why he was so big and strong too. <laughs> he, he he was. He he really was. He was doing push-ups at three months. Yeah. <laughs> his stomach was on the floor, but his upper body he was doing push-ups. I was like, right. oh my word, oh my word. Right. <laughs> So let's, uh, we've spoken a lot about, you know, these kind of broader range is, of, of issues of prenatal exercise. Um, but let's kind of get down into the weeds a little bit and talk about diastasis recti or abdominal separation. And abdominal separation is a condition where the body's midline, which is runs right straight down the center of your belly, overwidens, it stretches, and it gets thin. And that means that the two right and left sides of your abdominal muscles are now too far apart. Um, and you don't want to develop diastasis recti because some things can happen. Um, you can develop back pain. It's associated with pelvic instability. Um, you can go on to develop an umbilical hernia, which is a big problem. Um, and then after pregnancy, if you have a diastasis that's too wide, you get what's called the mummy tummy, <laughs> which is looking like you're pregnant when you're not. You know, not you had your baby nine months ago. You've still got a huge belly bulge um, because of this condition called diastasis recti. Now, here too, there are some things you, everyone, should do, and some things you should not do to prevent the condition from happening. The first thing we're gonna we're gonna go with what not to do um, is that once your belly pops out and you have a noticeable bump. From that point on, you stop doing all crunch-type exercises, and most traditional abdominal exercises, um, many Pilates moves you don't want to do, um, and even some yoga moves like belly breathing, which is the intentional overinflation of the belly during exercise. Because all of these things place strain and further stretch and weaken that midline tissue. You also want to avoid moves that deeply twist the spine. You know, so you don't want to do like a bicycle type exercise. Um, you don't want to do in the gym what's called a wood chop exercise. Um, you want to, uh, from that point on, Avoid strain on your midline. So no heavy lifting. You don't want to, you know, don't volunteer to help move furniture or something like that. So you really want to protect your midline tissue. Um, you also want to always use what's called the log roll technique when getting out of bed or rising from the floor. Because if you get out of bed or rise from the floor without kind of thinking about it and you 
easy to strain your midline tissue. Um, I have a demo of the log roll exercise or technique on my website, so if you'd like to see it, you can uh, watch that little video demo and see how to do the log roll. And so, give the give the address of your website. Oh right, sorry. It's called Be Fit Mom. Okay, great. So B as in boy, E F as in Frank, I T M as in mother, O M. So BeFitMom.com. That's my great. website. Thanks for bringing that up. I almost forgot about it. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, and then, um, and then, the other thing that you need to do whether you're a fitness person or not, is you need to do specific core exercises um, that include abdominal compressions and abdominal compressions with pelvic tilt. A lot of people think, oh, I can't do ab exercises because I'm pregnant. Well, that's not true. There are a handful of very important ones that you should do. And these exercises keep your deep abdominal muscles, the muscle called your transverse abdominis, strong and functioning properly. Um, and that is one of the big keys to avoiding, avoiding diastasis. Um, and the other is to really work towards maintaining and building a neutral spine. Um, during pregnancy. So if you take those steps, um, and again, my, I know it's a little bit hard to describe these exercises, so there are demos of those on my website too, where you can go to my website um, and do those specific exercises. So there's a lot you can do to prevent diastasis. Um, now that said, for a variety of reasons, um, some women just get it. Uh, almost all women that have a twin pregnancy get it. Um, women who uh, tend to be really small or short-waisted tend to carry really forward, and that strains the midline a bit more. Um, and if you do end up with a diastasis, then there are specific rehab moves um, that you should do straight off the bat um, before you do any other exercises. Um, and those can be found on my website, too. Um, oh, that's but again, great. here's the big key. Work towards prevention of these problems, whether it's GD or diastasis or back pain or what have you. Um, work safely. You know, they always say listen to your body. Um, and that can be good for a lot of people. Not so good for women athletes. Um, women athletes get up to that high range of athleticism because they have specifically not listened to their body. <laughs> and when their body is in pain and they're tired, they push through. Okay, so That's pregnancy really true. Yeah. is not the time. If you are a female athlete, um, you need to moderate. Um, this is not the time to, you know, Try to maintain your super high level level of athleticism. You will get it back. You're still an athlete. Even though you're pregnant and you're not working as hard, you're still an athlete. And you will back, bounce back quickly. And then, of course, the other great thing about having a fit pregnancy 
is that sick moms bounce back really, really fast. Um, and so another motivation to exercise during pregnancy, um, and that's true across the board, whether it's weight loss or, um, you know, retoning your abs and getting a nice, you know, body contour back. Um, the fitter you are, the easier it will be. Yeah, that's really true. So we've kind of covered, um, have we left anything out? Well, um, I do want to touch a little bit more um, uh, on expectations for healthy postpartum weight loss. Okay, Um, great. Right now, when you go on Instagram and you see all these Instagram stars and celebrities you see people who appear to have lost all their pregnancy weight, you know, and appear to have a flat abdominal wall, you know, when their baby is like six weeks old. Okay, that is just unrealistic. A lot of the photographs, they appear that way because of the angle and the lighting and the this and the that. But it is rare for a new mom to get back into her pre-pregnancy wardrobe any time soon. So everyone, after having a baby, has a transitional physique. I like to call it a mommy body. You're heavier. It's really true because the, the, the pelvic area expands and, and so do your hips. It does. And your breasts are a lot larger. You know what really expands, and here's another little hidden fact, is that the rib cage really widens during uh, when you're postpartum. During oh, pregnancy. didn't know that. And so, yeah, because it, that is part of making room for the baby. And so bringing those ribs back down, rebeveling those ribs can be a really important part of reestablishing your hourglass figure because if your ribs are really wide, half the hourglass isn't there. <laughs> so I want women to recognize that they'll have a mommy body. A lot of us have a mommy body nine months postpartum, um, sometimes even more. Uh, sometimes you'll keep carrying a few extra pounds until you wean. And then, oh, the body says, I don't need to be operating a milk factory anymore. I'm going to close up shop. And without even trying, after you wean, it's common to lose five pounds. Wow. So I think it's a great idea for all new moms to have a transitional wardrobe. It is too depressing to be wearing your pregnancy pants when you're not pregnant. <laughs> and then you're looking oh, at your it. wardrobe and nothing fits. It's so depressing. <laughs> so plan on, you're going to have a mommy body, and you buy or borrow a few pieces of clothing that fit your postpartum body, Don't worry about the size. Size is a number 
not it's not a value judgment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have a few pieces of clothing that look good on you. If you buy some clothes or borrow some clothes that actually fit you well, you're going to look good. Mm-hmm. And when you look good in the mirror, you're going to feel better about feel yourself. Good. <laughs> so plan on that. Weight loss is slow. Healthy weight loss is slow. There are no miracle fixes. There are no 21-day diets that are going to change your life. Um, as a matter of fact, when you're breastfeeding, the fastest healthy weight for weight loss is only one pound per week. That's it. That's your max. You don't want to do anything stronger than that because it's just too stressful on your body. And here, too, you can use my app. How much should I eat? I don't know how much to eat. Well, use my app, and it will tell you the exact right number for your body. Now, where did the listeners get your app from? From the App Store? Oh, or uh, you can get it where? on uh, iTunes or Google Play. Uh, okay. The best thing to do is to start out on my website because my website provides the links for that. Okay. Um, where depending on whether you're on iOS or Android, you can get a hold mm-hmm. of it by clicking on those links. Um, there are also, I also have workouts um, that you can download off of my website um, on core conditioning during pregnancy. I have a workout for legs, glutes, and hips. Another one for back pain if you're one of the majority of women that have back pain during pregnancy. And then, of course, I have full rehab programs that you can also download. So I pretty much got you covered from you sure do. to weaning. Yeah. And that's BeFitMom.com, everybody. That's right. It's also the other thing about my website is I provide a huge amount of free evidence-based information about the topics we talked to today as well as many others. Um, And when I say evidence-based, what I'm talking about is what we know from the science to be true. Not a blogger that has a, you know, that says, oh, some miracle tea worked for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're talking about actual science, the science of of exercise during pregnancy, um, but it's all in kind of easy-to-read layman's terms. You don't have to, you know, have had an anatomy course to understand, plenty of illustrations to guide you through. So just use the site as a resource, too. Well, you've been wonderful today. I know I've learned some things that I didn't know, but that's power for the course for me. <laughs> yeah. And um, truly, truly, um, you're an inspiration. Your passion for what it is that you do is just amazing. And listeners, please go to her website, befitmom.com. Elaine Byrne, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you, Denise. It's a pleasure. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right, listeners, that pretty much wraps up our show for today. 
Please join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another wonderful guest for you, another great learning experience. Until then, be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?